Amen. Next Sunday, we'll be focusing on our children. The following Sunday, we'll be focusing on Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so today, I want to talk to you about the forgotten man of Christmas. The forgotten man of Christmas. I think we have for our text this morning, if we have that um, in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. You have that for me? Okay. 1 and 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they uh, came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, began being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about the, these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. To take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he is save his people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall uh, be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about the forgotten man of Christmas. If you was to think of Christmas as a movie, then you might think of Joseph as a character that is in that movie. Every movie has leading roles and then has supporting roles. Leading men and women and then there's supporting men and women. Well, most people look at Joseph as saying he is just an extra. He don't even have a supporting role. He's just an extra in the movie. And the reason is because he never speaks during this time. Throughout this entire story, Joseph never speaks. If you notice in Matthew's uh, account and Luke's account... There is not one single word from Joseph. Joseph doesn't even get a line in the movie because he didn't hear, um, we didn't hear Joseph speaking. It's easy to assume that Joseph is an unimportant player or role in this story. But I want you to notice that Joseph is very significant in this entire Christmas story. Uh, scenario or scene or story as it develops. You see, 
when you and I read the Gospels, we may not see him as a supporting role, but we would not have what we have today if it were not for Joseph. In fact, he doesn't talk, he simply acts. Joseph is a man of action. As you read the Christmas story, you will see God talks to Joseph three or four times. And he, we see Joseph listening as God speaks. We see Joseph moving his family from one location to another. We see Joseph struggling with his conscience and personal fears about what is going on uh, during this time when he discovers that Mary, his spouse wife, is now pregnant. And rather than listening to Joseph, you and I end up watching Joseph. Watch how he responds when Mary confesses to being pregnant. Watch what he does when he, he wakes up from his dream. Watch what he does when he hears the news of what uh, the angels tell him to do. When we end up watching Joseph act rather than listening to him speak. And I happen to think that none of this is by accident. I believe that God cast Joseph in this role for a reason. I believe that one of the most important things Joseph teaches you and me is this. That when it comes to obedience, action speaks louder than our words. Joseph was, I believe, the kind of man who spoke softly and carried a big stick. Joseph was a quiet man. He was perhaps a man of few words in life, but in his life's role, he had a, a, an account where that he never, they never recorded one word he spoke. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is recorded speaking seven times. Zacharias and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist, are both recorded as speaking. Simeon, the old man who was promised by God that he would not die until he seen the Son of God, was recorded as speaking. Anna was recorded as speaking as she would go and tell people about Jesus. Even the angel Gabriel had a speaking parts. But now Joseph, he has nothing to say even though he, I believe, is a lead cast player in all that is going on here. I'm going to give voice to Joseph today. But to me, Joseph didn't need to speak for me to hear him. It's like the old saying goes, who are, you, who are those that speak, or excuse me, I can't hear what you're saying for what you're doing. In other words, it doesn't matter what you're saying if it doesn't line up with what you're doing. And Joseph decides, I'm not going, I don't have to be heard. I don't have to have a, a lead role in this play. I don't have to be known on the front pages. I'm just going to do what is right. Amen. His life preaches a better sermon than his words could ever do. 
Joseph was a man of action, a man of obedience. And here in our text this morning, as we read Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, we see that that very thing, Joseph doesn't speak a word. He thinks, he sleeps, he dreams, he sees, he listens, and he obeys. But Mary is pregnant, but he marries her. And then names the baby Jesus just like he was told to do. His actions speak loudly. His actions literally scream off of the pages as we read them as to him being a man of God, a man of integrity. Whenever we look at Zacharias, John the Baptist's father, he, he doubted, he denied, he he. he, he He didn't even want to listen to what God had to say. And and God caused him to be mute for the rest of the pregnancy. Mary responded with a question to the angel. "How, How can this be? It's not that she was bad. But when it comes to Joseph, he simply marries Mary. Joseph's motto would, you know, I know that that Nike thinks they came up with it. But Joseph was the first one. His motto was, just do it. Don't say nothing. Don't question nothing. Just hear and obey. Just do it. Amen. No games, no gimmicks. Just do it. Just obey what God tells you to do. To obey God despite your fears. How many know when God tells you to do a thing, it isn't, most of the time, in fact, it isn't something that that is easy to obey. It is something that will cause fear to come to your flesh. It can be an easy task, but yet fear will arise in your heart because it is something maybe that is outside of your character, outside of uh, when and, and just reading about Joseph, we know that he is a man who who doesn't like the limelight. He isn't one that wants to be in the front of the crowd. And now he has a girlfriend pregnant. Don't you know that CNN was there? Fox News, ABC, NBC. The limelight was on this couple in this little community. Huh? And now the limelight comes on Joseph and everybody's watching to see what Joseph is going to do. When an angel appears to Joseph in this dream and he tells Joseph, do not be afraid, but take Mary, your wife, Don't you imagine that at this point in his life, Joseph was really scared? Don't you know that there were rumors going around that this was Joseph's baby? Amen. He has just become engaged to Mary and then he learns the unthinkable. His beautiful bride is now pregnant with another man's baby. Her story is that an angel appears to her and the Holy Spirit comes and to her and now she is pregnant. That is just about as likely to believe as a boy, a student telling his, his teacher that the dog ate his homework. Amen. Who's going to believe that? Right? I mean, we're on this side of the story, but can we put ourselves on the other side? 
Who's going to believe this story? <coughs> and this young Joseph also felt the pressure of the rabbis. He felt the pressure of the religious system because the first century required that when a woman found herself in this place that she was to be divorced. She was to be put away. And so Joseph was hanging in the balance. He was going back and forth between two opinions. He, do I divorce her or do I marry her? What he feels he ought to do and what he wants to do. But then God intervenes and tells Joseph that Mary, what Mary is saying is true. God has indeed come and she has been conceived of the Holy Spirit. And what is in her, basically, the, the, uh, the, the internal struggle that is going on in Joseph's heart. God is speaking to him now and, and says to him, just, just marry her. And his action speaks louder than his words. And what, what does his actions say? They say, God, I'll believe you. God, I'll trust you. Though I'm afraid, I'll do what you said for me to do. Amen? Is that what you do when you're afraid? Do you trust him? Do you, dis do you obey him despite your fear? That's what Joseph did. He, he comes to a place and he obeys. Don't you know that pleases the Father? Amen? Actions speak louder than words. Remember, God isn't impressed with your words, but he is impressed with your actions. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but he who does the will of my Father. Amen? Secondly, I want you to know that, that obedience has a cost. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Actions have consequences. I wish we could understand this simple truth. You cannot do anything in your life without it affecting someone else. I hear people say, well, I'm my own person. I can do what I want to do. You can do what you want to do, but you will not do it without it affecting other people. And the more responsibility you carry, the greater the impact on others will be. Our behaviors create results. And this is also true when we decide to obey God. Obedience has consequences. Look at verse 24 again with me this morning. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and, and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth the firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Obeying God always has immediate and personal consequences. For Joseph, obeying God meant that he would not consummate the marriage until after Jesus was born. Joseph was probably a young man and, and, and I, I believe that it took a lot of self-restraint on his part. Just think back. 
what you were like when you were dating your spouse. It takes a lot for this young man to say no to the flesh and to say yes to the will of God. But he was willing to do it. But this was exactly what Joseph did. He watched Mary. He protected Mary. But he did not touch Mary in that way until after Jesus had been born. And this is the hard part of obedience. Obedience demands that you have to crucify your flesh. That we deny ourselves, that we take up our own cross and we follow after him. We may not know all the obedience will mean for us when we first make that decision to obey. When Joseph decided to obey God to marry Mary, he did not know that it would mean that he would have to leave Bethlehem and take his family to Egypt. Joseph didn't know that he would spend most uh, of his eight nights anxious wondering if Herod would find him while they were in Egypt. Joseph did not know that obeying God would mean that he would settle in Nazareth rather than come uh, to Bethlehem. When you and I decide that we're going to be obedient, we don't know the full story. Whenever I said yes to full-time ministry, I didn't know the full story. All I had was a yes on the altar. Putting it together now. Understanding it a little bit better. But did not know the fullness of what it meant to say yes. I understand more today, but not fully. Your obedience will set you on a collision course with Satan. Amen. Amen. And Satan is going to do everything he can to get you off of the course, to derail you. So obedience does have cost. But so does disobedience. Amen. Not to obey the will of God carries with it a higher price than the act of obedience. I read it somewhere. To obey is better than sacrifice. Can you, can you imagine with me today what loss Joseph would have had if he had not decided to obey God? I thought on my mind today, I thought uh, throughout this week as I was studying for today that, that Joseph did not have to say yes. He did not have to obey. He did not have to agree to this in his life. And how would this story played out? What would have been different? And I come to the conclusion, had he disobeyed, had he said no, he would have lost his integrity. The Bible says that Joseph was a just man and not willing that, that to make uh, Mary, her, a public example. It's not just bad men who disobey God. It, it, it's good men and good women who disobey. 
Don't you know that good men and good women have gotten derailed in life because they have decided to follow their own desires rather than to obey the will of God for their life? Amen? I'm not too good at reading poems, but I found this this week, and so I hope that you'll get the gist of it. But it says this, I have to live with myself, and so I want to be fit for myself to know. I want to be able, as days go by, always to look myself straight in the eye. I don't want to stand with the, the setting sun and hate myself for the things I've done. I don't want to keep on a close closet shelf a lot of secrets about myself and fool myself as I come and go into thinking that nobody else will know the kind of man that I really am. I don't want to dress up myself in a sham. I want to go out with my head erect. I want want to deserve all men's respect. But here in the struggle of for fame and pelf, I want to be able to like myself. I don't want to look at myself and know that I am a bluster of buff and empty show. I can never hide myself from me. I see what others may never see. I know what others may never know. I never can fool myself. And so whatever happens, I want to be self-respected and conscience free. When you disobey God, you lose your integrity. If you do not have integrity, you have nothing. When wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. But when your character is lost, everything is lost. Obedience gives us influence. Think about the role of Joseph was playing. He was an earthly father of God's son, Jesus Christ. What a greater responsibility could he have? If Joseph were king of the country, he could never be given the greater privilege than to raise the sinless son of God. (laughs) And he was sinless. He was perfect. Joseph was not. Can you imagine this stress? To raise the sinless son of God. How frustrating it must have been at times. Can you put yourself there? Joseph was charged with this great responsibility of fathering Jesus. And what a father Joseph was. All you have to do is look at Jesus and how Jesus turned out. To know that Joseph was an outstanding father. He was a model. He was a role for Jesus in his life. Joseph would never have said to Jesus, Son, do as I say, not as I do. Right? Because, you know, Daddy's not perfect, and if you follow me, you might pick up some bad habits. 
Abraham Lincoln once said, the best way to train up a child in the way that they should go is go that way yourself. In other words, you be what you want your son and your daughter to be. You do what you want your son and your daughter to do. Be a good example of how they should be as a person living out their life. Think about this. Do you remember when Jesus taught his disciples the Lord's Prayer? He began by praying and saying, Our Father which art in heaven. Jesus introduces the disciples to a new name of God, which is Abba, which is Father. Some translation says Daddy. How did Jesus know what a father was? Because of Joseph. Joseph was that earthly role model of father. And so he knew that while he was in the earth, that Moses, or excuse me, Joseph was this role that he played. So you see, when Jesus called God Abba, he was reflecting the relationship that he had with Joseph. When Jesus told the story of the prodigal son and the father is his hero, he sees Joseph, a reflection of Joseph. When Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will be done, he was reflecting what he had seen in the life of his earthly father, Joseph, who time and time again obeyed God regardless of the personal consequences. Joseph was a great father. And here's why. Joseph was a great father because Joseph was a great follower. Anything and everywhere God told him to do or to go, Joseph obeyed the instructions quickly and completely. To be a great father, you must first become a great leader. But before you can be a great leader, you must be a great follower. And so he followed in the footsteps of his earthly father, Joseph, so that he could become a great leader. People want to be leaders, but, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> they don't learn how to follow first. They want to jump. That's like trying to pick up, pick the fruit before you plant the tree. You have to plant the tree before you can bear the fruit. Before you can become a leader of men, then you must first be a follower of God. And how you follow God will have an impact on how others will follow you. If Joseph had decided to disobey God, not only would he have lost his personal integrity, but he would have also lost his legacy. Joseph's legacy is not a, 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 a wordsman because he never said a word. Joseph's legacy is not the role that he played because people over... How many messages have you heard on Joseph? Let's just be real. And yet he is this vital role of leading, nurturing, and being the earthly father of the Messiah. 
the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Joseph would have lost his legacy, which was his son, Jesus. <coughs> but Jesus copied his father. He watched how he dressed and he wanted to wear what Joseph wore. He watched how Joseph worked and he wanted to do the same. He, he, he probably wanted to eat the same foods that Joseph ate. Joseph was Jesus' earthly hero. Amen. Have you ever asked yourself lately, where have all the heroes gone? Well, Joseph determined he would be someone Jesus could look up to, someone he could follow. Let me ask you this question today. Who is following you? Who is following you? And then ask ourselves the question today if they're following us then are we leading them in the right direction are you following God yourself before you tell others this is the way that you ought to go are you are you leading when you should be learning first from Christ these are the questions but we can determine that by this if our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ could follow Joseph's example, shouldn't others be able to follow us? Shouldn't we be leaving the path behind that somebody else could walk that path and we know that they would find Christ? That they would be people of integrity. They would be a people of obedience. They would be people of honor and respect. Amen. I just wanted to share some thoughts today because I, I thought back over as I was thinking about this story. You know, this is the thing about Christmas and Easter. The, the story never changes. One story a man told he said it was Easter time and they was doing their Easter program and a couple came and they said uh, there were folks were waiting to get in the church and they said uh, a couple people came up and they said are, are they doing the same story they did last year the guy said yeah they said is Jesus going to die and he said yeah and he said is he going to resurrect and he said yeah they said oh we're going to go home so we seen that last year but I thought about the Christmas story and I thought about this missing man, a man who had a leading role but had nothing to say, a man that could have said no, right? Can we agree on that? He could have said no, but he said yes. And because he said yes he he has a legacy today that Jesus the Christ the son of the living God and Joseph was his role model here on the earth wow I want to be able to be a role model I want to be one that will leave a path 
I want to leave a legacy. Amen. Leave something behind that, that we can understand that we're not on this path by ourselves. We're not on this road by ourselves, but there is someone following you. You may not even know it, but they're watching you. They're on the same path. They're doing what you're doing. They're saying what you're saying. It may be your child. It may be a coworker. It may be in this, in this fatherless generation, it may be somebody that you don't even know is watching you, but they're looking up to you to see how to be a father, how to be a man. And if that's the case, then I want them to leave a clear path of obedience, of honor, of respect, of loyalty, of integrity. Amen? This um, past uh, life group, we had a, in the church here, we had um, the ladies, we had the youth, we had the children, and we had the men. And this group was a little different than all of the rest. You know, in the groups in the past, you could come, you could sit, and then you go home, and there's really no, no um, assignments, nothing to do. You just listen, and you go home. But this, we, we did something this year, this semester. It was in the men's group called the Fight Club. And each week, it was understood where there was a, a uh, commitment that you had to make at the front of that, and I will not go into all of that today. Um, you had to make a commitment to that. There were some things that you had to do along the way. And then every week, there were four things that had to take place. There was a physical assignment, which you had to do. And uh, a couple of times I made a mistake and did some stupid stuff on that. Should have been thinking about myself. <laughs> Amen. And then uh, there was the relational assignment where that people would, you would have to do certain things for certain people. Maybe if your husband was in that, you might have been the beneficiary of that. <clears throat> like getting some food or doing something or flowers or something a little extra. And then there's the intellectual, <clears throat> which is a, um, a Bible memory verses every week. We'd memorize scripture and uh, would quote that scriptures uh, to each other on Wednesday night. And then there was the spiritual part where that there would be a spiritual assignment to do something significant and spiritual. And so um, I told the folk, the, the men, those of you that were there on that first Wednesday night, I said, this is not something you're just going to go through. There's three strikes and you're out. You don't finish the assignments, you get a strike. Right, guys? If you don't fulfill those assignments after three strikes, you're out. And I said, not everyone will 
complete this. That wasn't even a prophecy. <laughs> that was just knowing. Because every week we'd push it a little farther and we'd make it a little more stressful. We'd make it a little more harder. And we had some good times. We'd go to the shooting range down at Huntington and we'd shoot up thousands of rounds and had some fun. We had a midnight meeting, bonfire. You had to show up for that because we had some half-pound hot dogs. Yeah, you got to be a man for this. This ain't nothing to play with. This is man stuff. Half a pound hot dog. <laughs> so my surprise, some of them, I said, man, they're the man. Three hot dogs, glory to God. I mean, so we had some great times. Not everyone completed the assignment. Like I said, three strikes and you're out. But we've got some great men in this church. The Bible says we are to give honor to whom honor is due. And I just want to honor a couple of people today. Is that all right? We've got some great men. If you was in Fight Club, would you just stand today? Because everyone did a tremendous job. If you came to Fight Club, would you stand today? Amen. Come on, let's give these guys a good hand here this morning. All right. Praise God. You can... What's that? You were here. <laughs> Uh, you were here, brother. Amen. You guys can be seated this morning. I've got two, two guys that made it all the way through without striking out. Yeah. And so, uh, Jonathan Fisher, come on up here today. Yeah. Come on up here with me. All right. God bless you, sir. Right. I've got you a gift certificate here. This certified uh, certificate is good for one free pheasant hunt at Trimple Creek Farms. All right. Thanks. All right. God bless you. Here, say a little something about Fight Club. Put you on the spot. Okay. Okay. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, Andrew and I are new to this church, and. Um, we really just love everyone, love Bishop especially, and uh, got to know the guys a little better. We just have a great group of guys, yeah. uh, and I think they're really trying to do the right thing and lead their families, and uh, it's just a great place to be. I'm thankful for it. Amen. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. So John uh, was a real blessing and a, a leader for his, um, to the group. And then we had, um, there's um, one that we would pick out to just be above and beyond and just went beyond the call of duty. And this young man uh, fulfilled every obligation, came to every assignment, and was just there. We even, we even pulled out trees one night. Yes, we did. And Brother John got <laughs> poisoned something all over himself. <laughs> it's funny now, but it wasn't funny then, was it? <laughs> uh, and uh, just came over, and we, we uh, guys handled that like a champ. And uh, just all of the assignments. And this young man, I'm um, particularly 
proud of him and, and thank God for what I've seen in his life and uh, just extraordinary leadership. And that is none other than Joshua Turley. Right? Right. Amen. Josh, as you know, has been out uh, for a couple of years, really, because of uh, going to school throughout all of the week and, and trying to better for his family and get a uh, better uh, education, better job. And then he would work on weekends, so Monday through Friday he was at school and then be at work on Saturday and Sunday, and so he wasn't able to be here unless we had a special event or something like that. But uh, he came back, and man, he came back blazing. Amen. And uh, appreciate him. Got a good job now. Amen. Amen. Miss Amy's able to stay home with Jack. And uh, Josh, why don't you just say something about Fight Club, if you would. Um, uh, it was an awesome 10 weeks. Um, more than anything, it made me uh, realize the highlights in my, my life that I needed work on. Um, you know, being a better leader in my family for this little guy, um, being a better husband, um, getting into the, the Word of God a little more, <laughs> um, working on the physical part, which I still need a lot of work on, uh, and um, uh, it just really made me know that I need to be more consistent um, in a lot of areas in my life, and I thank you for that. Um, and I, I loved it and can't wait to do it again. All right. Awesome. Well, <clears throat> we got you a little certificate here. And um, I know you're concerned about that uh, bird hunt we're going to go on, having something. So this certificate is good for one Hatfield 12-gauge automatic. And uh, so you'll have a gun. All right? Thank you very much. All right. Much. God bless you, man. Bless you. Thank all right, let's give all of our men a good God bless you today. All right. <clears throat> Amen. I'm so appreciative of the leadership and so appreciative of the men. Amen. Who's taken a role. I would say, I say that in the fight club and I say it here publicly today. There isn't no woman in the right mind that doesn't want a man that will lead their family in the things of God. Amen? Amen. So we're thankful for that today. And thankful for their leadership and their, their role that they have chosen. They've said yes and they've obeyed. And so we're thankful for that and thankful for all of the men that took a part in that uh, challenging time. All right? Praise God. Today we'll uh, conclude this service in a prayer want to uh, remember the things I think we've already gone over next Sunday's children's ministry will be here in the sanctuary with us uh, ugly sweater contest whatever we're doing there um, then um, the 23rd 11 o'clock brunch eat theater bring somebody right Amen. and then this Wednesday night Wednesday night 7 o'clock, we'll be having prayer right here in the sanctuary for the adults, the uh, 
students and the children will be having their time together in the back in their uh, different group pages, okay? All right. Everybody happy today? All right. Let's stand together this morning. Father, we thank you today for the significant role of Joseph and challenging us as men here today to, to be that role model to those that we know and those we do not know that may be following after our footsteps. We thank you that Joseph was willing to say yes, that he was obedient and would be this example to us to not question or not have to have all the answers, but just say yes. Just do it. God, help us to have that kind of spirit. Let us have that kind of, of mindset that what you say will just do. God will know that the blessing will be greater than the consequences and the act of obedience. We ask you that you would bless our time throughout this week and through this holiday season that you would be lifted up and glorified in all that we do. And God, we give you praise and thanks for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you go today. We love you.